This is the Negro League Podcast with Preach Jacobs. Gentlemen, what's going on? This is the Negro League Podcast. We are back once again. I go by the name of Preach Jacobs. Uh, thank you guys for listening. You can also use the code Negro at mobetasoul.bigcartel.com to save 10% on your next order. It is hoodie season. We got some dope-ass shit for when the weather get cold. It was raining and cold on Saturday, and I wore my Prince hoodie. The shit was jamming. So once again, go to mobetasoul.bigcartel.com. Enter code NEGRO to save 10%. 10%. Um, we're back. And uh, due to everyone saying that they wanted him to return, we have the homie Bobby Bublan. Hey, 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 hey. One, yeah. two, one, two. What's going on, man? How you been? I'm cooler. Yeah, man. Life's good. So, um, it Bill's appears, paid. <laughs> I can't say all that shit, but uh, it appears that people were excited. You know, they, they, they liked our little tit for tat last time you was on here. I appreciate the love, ladies and gentlemen. It takes a lot to put up with this fuck boy, but yeah, you know, about right. we make it do what it do. Whatever, ho. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, what you got going on? You got the tell them about the Me versus Monday podcast oh, and how we can like check this absolutely. Shit out. Um, I'm a music head, music junkie, connoisseur of everything that's audio. Um, so basically the story behind the Me versus Monday thing, I just one day sitting at work, being bored, uh, started to come up with all of these memes that I created to like describe my Mondays. Mm. And so between doing those memes, mm-hmm. the Me versus Monday memes, the memes, and everybody coming to me. Asking me what I think is dope to listen to, um, I kind of mashed both worlds together and created um, the Me versus Monday playlist. Yeah. So for your Monday mornings when you need some shit to listen to because you hate life. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> just to just to pick your spirits up, um, it's the Me versus Monday playlist. You can search for it on Spotify. Um, if you follow me on on um, Instagram at Intelligram N T E L L I G R A M. I put the link in the bio. So check it out. Enjoy it. I mean, this for y'all. I'm going to listen to my shit regardless. Man, fuck you, ho. All right, so enough of this self-promotion and shit. We usually do this at the end of the you podcast. You do it all the time. I mean, because my podcast, I got... Fuck your podcast. <laughs> That's to be the new name. Hey! <laughs> the Negro League, a.k.a. Fuck You Podcast. Fuck your podcast, punk. Yeah, sounds about right. Didn't I on T.I. have a mixtape called Fuck Your Mixtape? Something yeah, like that. Okay. absolutely. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, he beat me to the punch because one time for tip. Everybody's mixtape, man. One time for tip. Tip is supposed to be doing some interview soon. He's supposed to be on something. Not only that, I think the album comes out this coming Friday. Word. I'm Dom Trap. Finally. I'm excited about some. I want Ti and Toomp. Man, we all do. I want Ti and Toomp. I know we probably won't get it, Mm. and I have no doubt that the album will probably still be good. Mm. But. I love hearing Ti and Tom together. What, what's the what's the producer MC combinations that we love the most? Jay and Just. Word. Yeah. There's nothing like to me, me personally. Yeah. There's nothing like hearing Jay Z and Just Blaze together. Why Why haven't they been together lately? 
Um, at least as far as what my understanding of it is, I believe that Just Blaze is DJing heavy. I mean, fuck that. Just Just Blaze can always come out like once every year or two and drop a banger for and that's, somebody. And that's all he does. I mean, yeah. Like, come and drop a banger. Give and Jay a banger. He's had... What was Just Blaze's last placement? Was it was it the Beyonce record? The, the, that's the last one. No, he's done something. Griselda is like, you know, I remember the Griselda he did that. shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure he's done something since then. But I think it's cool. Like, he said he's made more money DJing than he's ever done producing. Absolutely. And when he's DJing, he's playing like EDM shit. Absolutely. So, and so, he's even producing that shit now and he's killing yo, it. Six figures, man. Yeah, six man. figures to do that shit, man. Big money. One time for Just Blaze. Yo, I love Just Blaze. He's, he's probably... My one of my favorite producers, top five producers, that never gets credit like that he deserves. Like he's you know what I mean? Top five to me, period. Yeah, he's he's incredible. I he's think incredible. When you when you listen to music, I think that one of the coolest things about it is having the ability to create an event around what it is that you're listening to. And I think that Just Blaze really does a great job of creating events when he's making music. So yeah, that's well, really dope. Um, I guess uh, we talking about other other combinations. Um, you know, Prime is like one of those. Like, I love the whole one producer, one DJ joint. I don't, I don't know who else has been doing that lately. But like, you know, Royce and, and Primo sounds really, really dope. Even though I still feel like with Prime shit, I, I wish they didn't hold themselves back to you know how they do it. It's like they grab like an artist to sample only. Yeah, those like they records. did Ant Man Wonder this time. Yeah, yeah, you know. So like, it's a part of me that kind of feels like I just want to hear him and Primo kind of just like no holds bar doing like crazy, crazy dope shit. Um, I man. think they both have enough of. I think they both have enough shit out there where you can be satisfied with having him in one element and in another one. Because as soon as they drop the prime album, you got a mixtape from Royce. You got the Book of Ryan right after that. Yeah. So I think you're getting a pretty, a pretty broad spectrum of Royce the Five <laughs> Nine there. All right, speaking of Jay though, who's the person you hate him on the most? Like, like, what producer can you not stand Jay on? Who did off that? Timbo. <laughs> Timbaland did that shit? Timbaland oh, did that. Oh, my God. Oh, my I mean, God. I don't uh, think there's anybody. Uh-oh. I think that he, you've had your share of hits and misses. Who, who did guy. haters? Yay did haters. That and is you know. Top. That's that's probably top three. Kanye West is on my FBE list anyway. Man. Fuckboy energy. Dog. Lots of fuckboy energy listen, coming from listen, Kanye. Listen, I so everything so, that Kanye did is trash right now. Dog, I am so fucking sick of Saturday Night Live. First of all, I don't know when Saturday Night Live is supposed to be like the pulse of hip hop and black culture and shit like that. Like it's become this thing where like niggas was wilding out. And I was excited when Dave Chappelle did did uh, SNL and he made SNL put Tribe on. You know what I'm saying? Which was, but his which monologue was killed me. I mean. His monologue, the only thing about the monologue that, that Chappelle even apologized was that whole, well, we're going to give a, that Donald was Trump enough. a chance. That was enough. Yeah. I don't yeah. think he had to do, that was real FBE. Yeah. like And, and he Fuck apologized about energy. that. You know, here's the thing about it. It's like, I think no matter how much you want to still be down to earth with certain shit, you're still going to have a disconnect. And like, and I was saying on the last podcast, like Chappelle and, and Oprah, like they're the people that have the ability to have like all this fucking money and still figure out a way to kind of relate to the common man. But sometimes there's going to be blind spots. You know what I'm saying? I think what's going on now is the equivalent of a bunch of people sitting in a room talking about what they would do if they see the bully. Yeah. And then 
when the bully actually shows up. Oh man. They don't like now you don't want to fight the bully anymore. Chris Rock said this perfectly where he was basically saying like the GOP and and, and especially Trump, he's a bully. And like Democrats don't know how to handle bullies. It's like his I was thinking this this past week, and, and I'm gonna get back to the Kanye shit in a second, but like this past week with the with the Kavanaugh shit, right? Kavanaugh is like wilding out, screaming, all this like you know, there's nothing funnier than white rage. All of this FBE. Yes. <laughs> Fuck boy energy. You're going you to try to make this shit stick. Like, I was listening to I was listening to something. A lot of fuckboy energy oh, right gosh, now. man. This is, all right, I guess this will be the name of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Fuckboy energy. But now, nah, like, the whole Kavanaugh shit where he's like, he's just angry, this old angry white guy that's screaming and yelling into the microphone, and you got Trump screaming and yelling, and you got fuckboy energy ass, Lindsey ass Graham. We're in South Carolina. I'm sorry. We got Lindsey. Lindsey Graham. He and, got fuckboy energy. I fucking hate Lindsey Graham. Like, just come out the closet already. You'll be a happier person. But you you look at all this stuff, man, and it's like, I said to myself, the Republicans are much better politicians than Democrats. And, like, the issue with, I think, with Democrats is that we worry about being liked. I say we, but, like, Democrats worry or liberals worry about being liked. They worry about, you know, is somebody going to think this is, um, somebody's going to take something the wrong way, et cetera, et cetera. And the GOP is basically like, we stand by the people that we fuck with, period. We don't care. Well, I don't think they have to deal with any repercussions of that. I think that, you know, the game systematically for centuries now has been set up for them to win, mm. right? So they can play these games comfortably knowing that, you know, regardless of whatever it is that we do, we control the pieces on the board regardless of whether you like it, regardless of whether you love it, regardless of whether you hate it. Fuck us. The whole nine yards, we're good. We can do whatever it is that we want. I think the funny shit about it is is that the country, historically, and even now, the country um, leans more liberal. So as far as like you know, abortion rights, they do these polls and like the country, you know, overwhelming, not overwhelmingly, but... It, it leans towards, hey, we support abortion. Hey, we support women's rights, stuff like that. But we're looking like we're getting a Supreme Court that's going to be, you know, 100 years old. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like a Supreme Court that that wants to be back into the 1960s. That wants to continue like to push off the, doctrine, the doctrines of 200-year-old law. What oh, and your boy... Uh, uh, Kanye says that... Fuckboy energy. They should abolish the 13th Amendment. More fuckboy energy. Yo, yo. Kanye. More fuckboy energy. Speaking of SNL, that nigga did that the the I love it record, the little pump shit. I yo, I think that me personally, I've kind of taken like this declarative stance to just not cater to anything that these people do anymore. Yeah, it's kind of like you know you you learn to assimilate data. You kind of take in the stuff that you need. You eat the meat, spit out the bones. You know what I'm saying? And so whenever these folks do all of this shit. I only had to hear what Kanye had to say one time. Oh man, he's and a- then once I see you reverse that, yeah. Oh, as as we speak, he's on TMZ just ranting his ass off. I'd <laughs> rather be here. <laughs> That's the. Nice I'd thing rather be here. Now, here's here's the fucking crazy thing about it, right? And this is what this is what I thought was crazy about the SNL shit. It's like the opening. Did you see the opening where Matt Damon? I didn't watch any of it. I'm not talking about the Kanye shit. We're talking about like Matt Damon was playing Kavanaugh. I didn't see that either. All right. It was pretty, it was pretty. There was college football on. on Saturday. Really? At, at midnight? Absolutely. All right. Well, West I'm Coast not, games. I'm not watching it. One time for ESPN too. 
Saved my life. Oh Lord, look, we done. and then <laughs> we the boys. Out of here, man. The boys were playing video games too. I just, I don't. Nah, we already know what all of this shit is, bro. I mean, it's not like, it's not like I don't expect anything revelatory to happen here. People might make jokes and they might be on point jokes. People might be able to uncover facts and they're great facts, but we already know what it is. When you see people. Once they show you who they are that one time, you believe them. Well, I, I think it's interesting. It's like a few things that, that ran through my mind. Like the thing that the Kavanaugh shit that they did on SNL, I'm like, it was really tone deaf in a sense where you had this episode of SNL of them making fun of the Kavanaugh shit, kind of like exposing, you know, this this angry white guy who's uh, uh, accused of, uh, of attempting to rape uh, Dr. Ford. Oh, no relation. Right. And and. At the end of that very episode of them showing, like, hey, this is how the Kavanaugh nomination is looking. It's looking crazy. He's looking sexist as fuck. Whatever, whatever. You have this Kanye record. You know what I mean? And like, right. and, and, and it was just this thing where even the the outlets that we think is supposed to be the liberal shit, they're all clickbait. You know what I'm saying? It's like they don't care either. They're pumping an agenda. They really don't give a fuck. It's like, it's like if you really gave a fuck about women's rights and all this type of stuff, and we talked about the language and shit and hip-hop music, so I'm not a moralist in that regard, but but why would you put Kanye and that record on SNL that night? And it really and it realized it's like they don't give a fuck either. Why put Kanye on, period? That's the point I'm saying. It's like, it's like at some point, damn the record, he could do through the wire right now, listen, and I'd be like, I want his jaw to be shut again. Here's here's my thing about it. Here's my thing about it. I think entertainment is the same way I feel about the GOP. Right? Is that at what point do you say, as as somebody that's a Republican, I'm, I'm not one, but like it's the Republican Party, where they just blindly support the party, where they're saying, okay, I'm party over country, right? Mm-hmm. At what point, as an entertainment industry, do you say, I got to put values before hits and ratings? You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody gives a shit right now. I think it's all salt in the wound Yeah. now. I think you just get to the point now where you know that these people are going to capitalize off of putting Kanye West on TV. So regardless of whatever bullshit conjecture he comes up with, repealing the 13th Man. Amendment and all that shit, Fuck. they just want people to... Uh, they want people to engage. They want people to have these conversation pieces. That's all media has become. Like we live in this fucking debate society where everybody needs to have an argument about something. Everybody has to question the ethics and morality and the rights well, and wrongs of everything. The, the the irony of all this is that, you know, this is exactly what got Donald Trump elected. You know what I'm saying? It's like I, there's a photographer from here that when Trump was campaigning, he would come to Charleston, South Carolina. And they had some, one time like, for Chuck Town. <laughs> maybe, maybe not for this story, but like they were they, when he was campaigning. Fuck y'all in Chuck Town. Nah, no, I'm playing. That's home. <laughs> boop 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 boop. Yeah, right. All right. Shout out to Mama Ford. Hey, um, Mom. Not like they had to like push seats together because nobody was showing up for for his um for his rallies or whatever. Like they were they were empty. And so like what ended up happening was when Trump started saying the most ridiculous shit at these rallies. The, the the news just kept covering and covering and covering it. And so, like, what I realized when I briefly tried to do, you know, run for politics here, <laughs> I'd say, like, a, a, a light jog or yogging. It might be a light J. But it's like, you realize there's two types of, of press. There's paid for press 
and then there's earned press. And earned press is basically saying, did you do something valuable enough for us to want to cover you? And you had all these news outlets covering the dumbest shit that Trump was doing. And at some point, the way people think the news is like the radio is that when they call it, quote unquote, a radio program, you hear a song so much that you think, oh, it must be good, good because the radio is playing it all the time. So like when nobody was showing up at these rallies, nobody was really thinking about it because they're basically like, oh, we keep hearing Trump's name. So he must be the most popular. And, and it was because of that that I think gave him that kind of momentum to kind of put himself in that position now. And what? it's like it's the same thing that's going on with with the entertainment industry. You know, which the press has become the entertainment industry in, in a regard, which it's always been the case, right? Is that if we look at the issue with with like twenty four hour news outlets, or, or even talking about sports, like how many times you watch ESPN and niggas is like telling the same story, or you got like a whole show where niggas is just arguing for two hours. Uh, niggas will watch nothing. that shit eight hours straight. Absolutely, because it's like you know, like we're look. I, I think what happened with Trump is kind of like the manifestation of like the lazy husband syndrome. Mm. It's like you. You know, like the the husband sits around the house while the wife cleans, right? Mm. And the kids are running through the house, right? Mm -hmm. And you got that one genius eight-year-old kid that has like this Lego set Mm -hmm. that he kind of puts shit together and takes it apart and leaves all the Legos all over the place. Mm. And he's like, I I won't worry about it because, you know, the wife likes to keep the house clean and she'll clean it up. But there's that one Lego in the carpet that he doesn't see when he's about to go to bed that night. And he steps on that bitch. Have you ever stepped on the Lego? You sound like a goddamn parent right now. (laughs) No, nigga, like for real. Have you ever, this is black pain. Have you ever stepped on a Lego? The most painful shit I've ever felt. And this nigga's like, what the fuck, man? Like, shit. (laughs) Trust me. So the country, so the country is barefoot. One time for Brandon and Braylon. I've stepped on. Yo. Tons of Legos, bro. So and this country just barefoot. We just on barefoot stepped on a Lego. And you want to get mad <laughs> yeah. because it's like, who the fuck let this this Lego down here? And you had the opportunity to help keep the house clean. And, but you didn't do it because you thought that somebody else would. And when we watched this shit snowball, it was like, okay. Like everybody else is like, oh, well, shit. Um, enough people are going to vote. Yeah. Enough people gonna vote. This, oh, there's no way. He, this, there's no way. This is not gonna it. happen. Well, this and that was the thing that I think that happened with Hillary. And, and unfortunately, we're gonna be stepping on Legos for four years. But but like what Hillary did, even though we gotta we gotta agree that that she won, she won the popular vote, and the only thing that she didn't win was electoral college, and that was still kind of skewed. So technically speaking, she won numbers wise. But the fact that it was this close, um, I think is a reflection on the country. Like I I, met, I made a post on Facebook. When Trump was saying that shit at the UN, he was like, oh, my administration did some of the best shit in this little bit of time, better than any administration in the country, the country's ever seen. And like the UN, people started laughing. And I made a post saying the UN didn't laugh at Trump, they laughed at us because we put him in this position. And I think what, what Hillary did wrong was that her argument was like, imagine if you're trying to holler at some bitch and holler at her and try to, you know, be with her or whatever. And she had a terrible ex-boyfriend. Your approach can't be, hey man, I ain't that nigga. And that's what Hillary did. Hillary was basically like, I'm not him. It was like, it was like watching, it was like watching Rocky Four. It's like, <laughs> imagine <laughs> like you're the trainer. Oh God. You're the trainer for like Apollo Creed, and you're watching him come out here in these stars and strike draws, <laughs> punching at the air and shit, dancing. You got James Brown, one time for James Brown. You got James Brown out there. <laughs> 
Nothing, Living bro. in America, and here comes Apollo Creed. Mm. Like, bitch, you should really take this more seriously than what. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you should like you can't sleep on what's really going on here. And here comes Apollo. Like, yeah, okay, cool. I'm, I got this. And after that, you know, Hillary steps up in the ring and she's dancing. Boom, 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 yeah. boom. And then all of a sudden, the Russians start hitting her, hitting her. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> These fucking sound effects. This nigga right here. It's like <laughs> breaking my heart right here. Like I'm watching this shit and it's like, you know, the American public is like, yo, Hillary, like this shit ain't looking good. Yeah. And Hillary's like, nah, don't worry about it. Whatever you do, don't stop this fight. <laughs> don't stop the fight. And ironically, you have old boy Putin and Bridget Nielsen sitting in the crowd, oh, lighting gosh. cigarettes and shit. They're like, yo, we about to bury these motherfuckers. And before you know it, the unthinkable happens. Yeah. Not only does Apollo Creed get knocked out, but he dies one time for Apollo Creed. Creed 2 in November. That I can't shit wait. look jamming. Absolutely. That shit look jamming. But next thing you know, this motherfucker gets knocked out. And it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. They just embarrassed America. Yeah. Well, hey. I mean, we did we did this shit to ourselves. The funny thing about it is, like, somebody was making a comment where they were basically talking about, um, you know, the Kavanaugh hearing. And they were like, oh, you know, men is fucking everything up and this and this and that. And I was like, no, you got to be more specific than that. White men. I think that if there's a testament to anything that's going on, mediocre white men feel like they can get in any power position and wing it. Are they, uh, I mean, at this point, who are we to say no? I mean, you can you can get into it, but but it's one of those things where, I mean, think about this, man. Could Could, could Trump nominate any worse people? <laughs> for his cabinet like every like it's like at least eight people that are going to jail in prison right now um that that are a part of the the Mueller probe you know his, his his supreme court justice that's coming in right now the last one shouldn't have got in there and and again back to GLP being better politicians Trump is going to get two supreme court justices in there where Obama was supposed to get one in and you got bitch McConnell <laughs> Head of the GOP that basically is like, nah, y'all niggas ain't gonna get. I just think you know it's it's one of those things where we already know that the game is set up for us to lose, and we're gonna constantly get reminded of that. <sighs> Man, it, Ta- which is depressing. Tanahashi Coach book eight years when we were in power. Everybody thought that it was kind of a reflection on, oh, we were in power when Obama was in there, but it it was a reference with, um, I think the. The president of the Confederate Army was talking about like during the Civil War, like, you know, when the Confederacy was like kicking it. He was like, yo, these are the years that we were in power. But one of the things that he said in the book that he he kind of also said when he was doing the whole book run, when he was on like the Tonight Show and all that type of shit, like uh, Colbert asked him, like, hey, man, do you have hope for the future? Blah, blah, blah. He was like, nah, nah. And Colbert was taken aback and he was just like, yo, that's not my job. My job is not to give you hope. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we, <laughs> black people in America have to look at America through a totally different lens where, where it's like, I remember years ago, I was, <laughs> I was working at this old record store and this is when um, Michael Richards, the guy that played Kramer on Seinfeld, like flipped out and he did the whole nigger, 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 nigger shit, right? Right. And like, FBE. Yeah. 
And <laughs> I'm so sick of you. And like, <laughs> fuck boy energy. But nah, like, so, so my white friend was like, oh my gosh, Creamer. We need a drop. I need a chick to come through and be like, fuck boy energy. Fuck boy energy music. Fuck right. boy energy. What is that? But um, <laughs> but now nah, my white friend was just like, damn, I never, I never thought Kramer would do some shit like that and blah, 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 blah. And I kind of was like, eh. And he's like, what do you mean? And I said, as a black man in America, anytime we hear that a white dude flips and do some racist shit, we never say, oh my gosh, I never saw that happen. I never saw him doing that. I always say, I knew it. Like, that's always our response. It's like, we always feel like it's only a matter of time that that shit's going to come out. You can't control the way the mind works. Absolutely. And a lot of times that just happens to be, you know, <laughs> what's in their, their mind and their heart. That fuck boy energy. Man, look, we're going to take a break because this shit is depressing. Absolutely. Where's uh, Joe Button with the Gap Band outstanding <laughs> <laughs> segue? Ganjabin, Ganjabin. Fuck on, this shit. Right back. Fuck right. you, ho. Oh. We're back in this motherfucker, motherfucker. Oh, we had to play some star booty. <laughs> Ubiquity star booty to get back into the mood. And One time for Roy Ayers and this bitch. Oh, speaking of, um, I wanted to touch on this, man. It's like uh, when we were starting off talking about hip-hop producers and like the best rappers that's with them. Is there a better producer-musician combination than Quincy and Mike? Quincy did so much. Absolutely. Like, I think that, you know... There's Quincy and Frank. There's yeah. Quincy and everybody, man. Yeah. The, the so. documentary was incredible, man. And like, I didn't get a chance to talk about it too much last week, um, but I wanted to like save it for, for you. <laughs> right. So, so what, what, what was your take on the doc? I think that the, the documentary itself is a masterpiece, yo. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, because Quincy Jones, I think one of the most cliched terms in music is producer. Yeah. I think that a lot of people really don't know much about the nuances that are involved with creating great music. And so we can probably go on record as to say that Quincy Jones is probably the greatest producer. Absolutely. Ever in music. Absolutely. Um, I, I I think I get I get scared when shit like this happens, right? Because it's like anytime like we we start to pay homage to these people the way we need to when they're older. I feel like the time is almost up. It's like when the Ray movie came out, Ray died right before it came out. When the Mandela movie came out, Mandela died before it came out. When when the uh, Johnny Cash movie came out, you know what I'm saying? So when the documentary started off and he had a stroke, that shit fucked with me. I'm going to tell you the other part. When he was um, presenting that award and he was about to fall. Right. Oh, my God. That's scary as hell. That right? shit fucked with me. And it's like... I don't want it to get to that point where somebody got to pass away or get close to passing away for us to really, really understand their impact. I think, I think that's the beautiful thing about music, though. Mm. I think that music is transcendent of time, and I think that it keeps people alive. Absolutely. So whenever you have an artist like Quincy Jones, yeah, we want him here as long as we can have him here. Mm-hmm. But the great thing about it is that they leave this ridiculous footprint of great music behind them. And so um, we're always able to go back and we're always able to have these pictures of who these artists were when they were doing what they love to do. You can't say that about, I mean, you could say it about a lot of other things now that we're able to kind of take pictures and take videos. But with music particularly, I mean, growing up, being a military brat, I've been all over the place. 
Um, and my family, we weren't one of those picture-taking families. Mm. So we have some pictures and we have some video, but I think more so than anything else, there's music. Yeah. So I think that no matter where I go, no matter what I'm doing, I can always come up with a great story about my family and about where I come from because of the music that I hear. Why, why do you think, this is random, not random, but like, why do you think that your family wasn't picture takers? Because um, my family is kind of the same way too. And, and I, I have like a theory behind that, right? Like I have, my theory is like my father, there's only like one picture from his childhood. One. Right. One. And he was like 10 years old. And my theory was always, you know, they grew up poor as fuck. Like my dad, my dad used to pick cotton and they used to have to eat food out of the hog pen. Oh, we, we were, he was black. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, don't be acting like you ate hog food. But like what I'm saying. Nigga. <laughs> He's like, mm, this is delicious. Try me out. <laughs> but the point I'm saying is there was always this thing where it's just like, it, it, it's the same way we look at photography, mental health, and all these other things where it's just like, well, with that broke, who has the money to, to pay for a camera and take pictures? Who has the money to pay for a therapist? You know what I'm saying? So sometimes I feel like that kind of trickles down. Well, even though I would want to put a negative connotation on it, I also look at I also look at it from a positive standpoint too. Mm. Especially now where everything is a picture. Everything is a video. Yeah, everything yeah. is... Well, I think that it's kind of hard for you. Like Drake has this brilliant line on So Far Gone where he's like, he says something along the lines of, I can't live and hold the camera. Somebody got to take this. Absolutely, like you got to you got to be in a moment with all this type of stuff. Now it's it's like the the give and take with that shit is that when all this stuff, especially like twenty sixteen on, where all of these cop shootings were happening and stuff like that, like white people were like, oh my gosh, the cops, what's going on with the officers? Like they're going they're going crazy the past couple of years, and it's like, nah, white people, we've been saying this shit for years. It's just that we're able to document it now, right? You know what I'm saying, so. Right. So in that regard, I feel like the the access to filming and pictures is productive. Right. But but everything else, there's definitely a detachment of of being able to enjoy shit as right. it happens. You right. Know? And I think that I think there's a beauty to living in the moment. Like one of the things that I tell all my college homeboys, the most beautiful thing about where we were, we weren't focused on like immortalizing these moments. We were too busy living them. You know what I'm saying? Trying to get these bitches. Hey, absolutely. <laughs> One time for Patterson Hall. <laughs> Incrimination. I'm um, saying, we'll take, we'll take that part Nah. Out. But, um, you know, one of the beautiful things about it is that, you know, you have the opportunity to kind of live in the moment. You don't have to live and hold the camera. And my family, like, we did so many things and there was always so many, like, you know, at the time, Having a six-household family was a big thing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so it was kind of hard for us. Everybody had their own interests. Everybody had their own things that they were into. So, I mean, it was hard to hold that camera to get everybody in it. Even now, my family, like, of course, um, me and my sisters have children, and they're out, and they're moving around, and everybody's different ages. So it's even hard for us now to kind of get everybody to yeah. close in. I mean, in. You, you know what it is? It's like... One of my greatest things that I've done as an artist is the the baptized video, right? Because like I I made it a point to put my entire family in it, 
And like, there's this thing where where my mom was like, "Oh, we're not dressed up," and blah 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 blah. Wait, she was like, "No," because that never happens. Yeah, like we're never gonna have tuxedos on. <laughs> you want the you want the to be in the actual element. The only living. thing that I'm disappointed about was I was trying to get my granny in that, and when we couldn't get her because of the, the scheduling for shooting it, and that's right. like my biggest regret. But my entire immediate family's in that video, right? You know what I'm saying? And so, like, what I realized was that, like, growing up. As an artist, man, like anything that's like artistically related with with like country ass black families is the weirdest shit because they don't understand that. Like, there's the, you know, my dad don't understand recording an album and, and doing shows and shit like that. The niggas like, man, it ain't a nine to five. You don't get insurance, you know. So like, I always made the mistake of wanting them to come and appreciate the art, right? And my approach with that record was. Nah, I can't wait for them to come to me. I'm the communicator. So right. let me bring them a part of it. Right. So like when we're shooting the video and then my dad sees him in the video himself in the video, right. he's like, oh, right. now I get it. Right. And I guess even to to double back into the documentary, that was the beauty of like at the beginning seeing Dr. Dre walk through. <laughs> yeah. In all the, of like thriller shit. The out the, the output that this guy's had and the stories that he can tell in each of those album covers and each one of those yeah. plaques, we didn't get to see this before. And yeah. so now like, it's kind of like he, he put a microscope or a telescope and really honed in on his impact and everything that he's done. And it kind of opens your conduit up to say, Oh man, let me go back and see all of the stuff that he did with Frank. Let yeah. me go back and see all of the stuff that he did with Sarah Vaughn. Let me go back and listen to these, uh, like they had like these deluxe versions of Thriller where he's like in between each song, yeah. he's giving commentary about each record and what it took Yo, to get it done. Here, here's a shit that got me that he said kind of in passing. He said that they had recorded over a hundred records, like over a hundred, like I guess beats or whatever, you would call it beats or whatever, but it's like, and they picked the best ones for can Off the Wall. Fucking, uh, Dog, you, could you... Fucking dog, imagine dog, what's on the cutting room floor of the off the wall and thriller right, session. So, so here's okay. So here here's ah! here's the comparison. It's I got. crazy, look, bro. Look how you peaked on that. Shit I'm right sorry, now. man. I had to give you all that. I had to give you all that. Right. Nobody want to hear how you busting that. Oh, oh. Pause. 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 <laughs> that was real FBE. <laughs> Fuck boy energy. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> Please. Like, oh. <laughs> Oh, I'm not gonna make it. <laughs> this is uh, like all right, random. We know where our minds are today. There's a, there's a Richard Pryor joke he's talking about keeping it gangster here. <laughs> Richard Pryor talking about he was just like he's like he's like hillbillies fuck the best. Let's fess up. He's like they always yelling at you. They be like, hang on, here it comes. <laughs> yo, yo, that shit is stupid. Don't you have to get your oil changed or something? Like pick your car, man. Fuck you, hoe. But now, nah, like. So when we were talking about like the J shit, right? When you when we was watching like Fade to Black, and it was the Timberland segment, and Timberland played those three records, right? And Jay picked Dust Your Shoulders Off for his record, right? I remember hearing those two records end up on two different albums, like right. one Ludacris got, one like Brandy got, whatever, right? So what I wonder is the shit that ended up on the cutting room floor for Thriller and Off the Wall. Did any other musicians get that music for? I'm pretty sure. I would be interesting in knowing, interesting in knowing where that came from. Side note: Did you ever hear the story behind um, Justin Timberlake's first album? 
Yeah, that yeah. album was for Mike. Yeah, that shit was supposed to be Michael's Michael's yeah. music. Yeah. And I think that that's the exchange in music is. I mean, there's so much of this stuff that we don't see, and there's so much of a you know, I'm a tailor this suit. Oh, you can't wear it. Well, yeah, you know, maybe this guy can wear it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And you find ways to make it work. It's like um, one of my favorite stories is listening to Manny Fresh talk about um, Top Back. Mm. On the TI tip record, yeah, the, that's my shit. I like my beat down low, down low, down low, down low, down low, down low. At the top, what do you say? The record was originally for Juvenile. Wow, it was it was Tip in the studio with Manny and Juvie, and Manny Fresh slaps the beat out right there. And T.I.'s writing the hook. Mm. And Juvie's like, I don't like it. (laughs) So everybody's mind in the studio is blown. Like, Manny's mind is blown. Like, this shit is crazy. T.I. is looking like, yo, this shit is crazy. So Juvenile (laughs) leaves the studio. And while he was gone, T.I. records the record. Tip should have been like, you don't like your beat down low, huh? No. <laughs> but here's the thing. If you listen to the record, you can hear at the begi- it. No, yeah. at the beginning of the record, T.I. says, Crim de la Crim. He says, Manny Fresh, yeah. I'm going to show these niggas how to ride out. Wow. So that's why he says that at the beginning of that record. Wow. Because. One man's trash is another man's treasure. Uh, man. It's brilliant. I think that, I, but I think that happens a lot. Well, there's another story. Uh, Devil's Pie, D'Angelo's Devil's Pie. Yep. Like, like I, I was, I talked to Primo about this. He said this to me, and it was funny. Like I, I got Primo to sign my Mass Appeal cover that you see up here, and uh, I was just like, yeah. When this came out, I was just like, I was ten years old. He was like, oh, I was thirty. But um, the Devil's Pie record. You know who he made that shit for? I forgot who. I think Cannabis. Or he made it for Cannabis. Cold World. Yeah. It's Cold World. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Holidays. <laughs> All right. Is it? R.I.P. Cannabis. Is it? One time for Cannabis. All right. Has there been a rapper that had the biggest potential that we just knew was going to be that nigga and dropped the ball as hard Not as since Cannabis. Yeah. Like, yo... All right, I'm showing my age here. But it's like 1998, right? Mm-hmm. After hearing Cannabis kill, he killed the Firm album. Yeah. He killed the DJ Clue mixtape freestyles. Yep. Cannabis Beast was probably... East. Beast in the East. Beast on the... Man... Look, he made he, Common sound it was, stupid. It was he, murderer's yo, row. Yo, yo. Anybody, anybody who's listening to this podcast, that that. comment on this shit. Cannabis was on My a killing spree for like <laughs> yeah. well over a year Murdering. doing mixtape shits, everything. So a couple things went bad here. All right. Wyclef. That was the biggest part of it. Yep. So when, because uh, I'm pretty sure that this dude probably sparked like this major bidding war to get him. Right, because like I said, at one point, cannabis was probably the the illest freestyler in the street yeah. at the time. In terms of these mixtapes and shit, like we used to sit in a room, all of us. Like shout out to all my Iraq niggas, but we used to sit in rooms and we would listen to this dude freestyle and be like, "Yo, the there's monster. nobody fucking with it." Like we would have what you call rewind factor 
with mm. this dude's tapes. Like, yo, did you hear what he just said? And then we would spend like an hour mm-hmm. dissecting the actual simile and metaphor. The punchlines were crazy. So we were waiting for this album to drop for well over a couple months. And we find out why Clef, that should have been a red yeah. flag right there. How could? But, uh, but of course, okay, you're young and dumb. <laughs> you just trying, you know, in college, whatever. I mean, all right, all right. Let me, so, let me, let me stop right quick. In, in fairness... Cannabis in 97, 98, you got the score that came out of 96, Smash. Nah, nah. Hold on, hold on. Nah. Score 96, Smash. You had you had uh, uh, Carnival 97, Smash. So I can't, even though the production didn't fit Cannabis, I can't fault him for saying, let me go, let me go that route. Nah. Dude, I mean, there was just something in the air. There was something ominous about the moment that you found out that this nigga signed the Wyclef. Dog. And I was like, wait a minute. That shit, wait. You know who he should have fucked with? It's Hard. Not right. You know who he would have been perfect with? Havoc. I think, I think Havoc. He could have signed. Open. My thing is, it's not about who you sign with. Mm. It's about. It's about the producer artist relationship. I, but, but I'm telling you though, what I'm saying, what I'm saying about Wyclef, he was. It's the same thing. You know, you know what it is? It's the same thing that happened, and I thought there was a slight, a slight Why misstep. Cliff? Hold on. Listen to what I'm saying now. This is the slight misstep that I felt the locks made. Someone, please call Let me hush. I mean, with the, with the bad boy shit, even I couldn't fault the locks for signing with bad boy at the time. I'm not, I'm not talking about bad boy. I wouldn't even go into bad boy. What I'm saying, what I'm saying and, even, and even in saying that, if you if you're from New York and your favorite rapper is Biggie and you could be on the same label at that time, right? That that's what sense. I'm saying. But what I'm saying is the misstep that the Locks made was that they tried to get off Bad Boy to go to Rough Riders. I don't think they had a choice. Well, well, yeah, they did. No, I think that was a bite your arm off to get out of the. But, but, what, I, but, what, I, but what I'm saying is they put their faith like the what ends up happening is when you put your faith into an artist led label. It usually collapses, so it's like Rough Riders was those was those niggas, or DMX was that nigga, and so they put their faith in what they thought the DMX wave was going to be. Because it's like, yo, we get to wear black again. We don't have to wear shiny suits. So they put their their money on that shit, and it didn't work out. I don't see that as a. I didn't see the Rough Riders situation as an L for them. I'm not going to say. Well, put it like this: when you get out of your contract, it wasn't it wasn't nigga, cannabis and nigga, white What I'm saying is, for it them, wasn't. For them to sign that contract that they had, it wasn't. Puffy it just, was getting all that just fucking wasn't. money out of them. It just, what, what I'm saying is, if you ain't got shit and one of the hottest motherfuckers giving you an opportunity, you really can't be like. Was nah. Wycliffe really that hot? I'm I'm saying if we're if we're not trying to have revisionist history, dog, the Carnival was the biggest fucking record in '97. Was it really, dog? Yes. Yes, nah, dog. I'm telling you. you I mean, may, maybe so, dog, but nah, dog, we don't dog, need because I don't want to hear the carnival. S- like, look, the carnival's a dope album, dog. Like, okay, like I'll take your word for man, it. Quit, quit, trying to listen. quit trying to act like, quit trying to act like, yo, man, I only listen to Killer Army. Like, I fuck swear, you, nah, In man. '97, staying alive. You got the. I um, hated that record. You got you got gone to them November. I'm not mad they at. Got, I'm they not, got another. The, what's the shit with Lauren on that shit? I'm no. not mad at him. I'm not mad at him. But, but when I, but I just is, knew. But what I'm saying is, I you just can't knew deny in '97. I just knew when I heard Cannabis sign the White Clef. I was like, nah. I was disappointed too. Right. But like, we gotta understand. We're talking from a hip hop perspective. You know what I'm saying? 
if cannabis was making a business decision, I couldn't be mad. Like in hindsight, the album was terrible. But like if I'm looking at terrible that time, wasn't the word. Jeff. If I'm looking at that time period and I'm honest about it, I could understand why he did it. Because it's like, all right, I get it. Because because think about it. The score was like, oh my gosh, just genius record. And Wyclef was like giving credit for the score. It wasn't until Miseducation that people were kind of like, oh shit, maybe Wyclef isn't the boy wonder. But that stuff happened at the same time. I mean, Wyclef does done plenty of dope shit. And he Absolutely. was even doing dope shit at the time. But I guess just in the context of the moment, when I heard that cannabis signed to Wyclef, I was like, ah. I mean, I was I was disappointed because I didn't, then, I didn't feel like I didn't feel like his production was was gonna be was gonna fit. But, I remember yeah. waking up, we all like we missed our eight o'clock classes to go to Best Buy to buy Cannabis's album. You know what, man? I really there's a lot think. of black pain in this. You know what? <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not being sarcastic when I say this. It's a lot of black. I, I'm pain not being here. sarcastic when I say this. When I found out last episode how to like record conversations with the cell phone, I swear that we probably could tweet cannabis and possibly get up on this podcast. <laughs> Yo, it's a cold world. <laughs> not after this though. I remember like we all got up, we missed our eight o'clock classes. Go get that CD, and it's the fun. It's one of the funniest stories I can remember because I remember like everybody. We went to Best Buy. Everybody got Cannabis's album. Yeah, everybody, yep. the whole crew. We all out there stunting like, yo, we got Cannabis, and we listened to the shit. Everybody, almost simultaneously, <sighs> everybody put the shit in and drove back to campus. Dog. And it was like lunchtime. You know what it is like listening to Question Mark Asylum. You ever heard that shit? <laughs> oh. You're a look away. And then you were just like, I'm so washed. But you got that album that was fucking We awful. sat at a table like in the Russell house. Man. Shout out to USC. Game, go Gamecocks. Garner and Black. Till it all goes black. But we all sat at the table. And everybody, it was like the longest silence ever. You're talking about like 20 niggas, like yeah. 20 of the talk, most talkative, most argumentative ass niggas. Nobody nothing. could say shit. Like we had to figure out a way to rationalize wasting $12.99 on this dude CD because it was trash. It was awful. It was awful. Now, I'm the type of, I'm the type of MC to sit in the back of a cab and rhyme. Till the meter says nine, 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 nine. Okay. Yo. And hold on, hold on. nine. Hold on. Hey, Google, who produced Cannabis's album? Sorry, I can't help with that yet. See? Like, that bitch has record. <laughs> She's like, even she, even Google gonna, doesn't want any parts like, of I'm that. I'm not going to compute this bullshit. I'm sorry. Fuck you. All You're right. trying to be funny. So, so my thing is, you know, that was a misstep. And like as much as we love Just Blaze, right? I feel like <laughs> kind of bring it back full circle, where like you got like Jay Electronica was like cussing out Eminem after that uh, Machine Gun Kelly diss Who's or whatever. Jay Electronica, I know. Yeah, yeah. So my question is this, right? Who, who? does does Just get some of that heat too because of the Saigon, the Jay shit, the Jay Electronica shit? Like, has he has he proven to not be able to be like a a head of a label and more of a producer? I mean, that's the same thing in sports, right? Can every, we can we put can every we put, every great defensive coordinator or every great offensive coordinator or every great NBA assistant coach, like say a Tom Thibodeau, like they don't always make the be, the best head coaches. Yeah, and I think that you know, Just Blaze is a brilliant producer, but I mean, the business of dealing with music is a lot. Yeah, and I think that you know, it takes I it. I think a lot of times we kind of look at it like you know 
when your team sucks in the NFL or in a sport, you mm. want to blame the coach. Yeah. And you want to blame the star player. Yeah. Usually in football, it's the quarterback. Like, you want to blame the coach and you want to blame the quarterback. But, you know, what people fail to realize is that there's a whole lot more that goes into the game than that. Like, you have a GM yeah. that's making personnel decisions. You know, and if he's not mindful of a player's contract situation, say a Earl Thomas, say a Le'Veon Bell, if they're just hard-ass, no, I'm not going to give him any more money, then the team suffers for that. Or if you look at the offensive line, if the offensive line isn't blocking, you can have Peyton Manning in the backfield. It's not going to matter. Or your defensive line could suck. And then you got a team running the ball all over you. Like, just Blaze, the Saigon album, yeah. the greatest story never told. It would have been it would have been an amazing album for what it came out when it was supposed to come out. It was that album. If yeah. you've never heard that Saigon album, Yo, it's a brilliant album. He had everybody on the fucking record. Like, what the, I don't, I would be interested in knowing what happened with that. Because everybody was on that album and everybody produced on that album. Word was sample clearances. Man, the fuck out of here, man. Don't shoot the messenger. But I'm, but I'm, but, but that makes no sense because it's like I don't, we don't know. Oh, like, I mean, yo, that's speculatory. Yo, but, but regardless of that, hold on, you can't tell me that because didn't Jay do a record on there? Absolutely. Didn't didn't um uh, um just not just plays uh, uh uh what's my guy's name Swiss Beats or some shit on there? I think he got on there. You can't Showtime. You can't tell Showtime. Me. You can't tell album mode. Me. Poison. That if you got those motherfuckers on your album. Alicia Keys and Mashana on vacation. <laughs> no makeup, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> She's beating on the M- She's beating on the NPC at the BT Awards. The Mipica. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell me that if you got jail on your album that a label ain't gonna be like, all right, let's figure this shit out. You can't tell me that. Like I like, I we really don't I mean that's speculatory. I mean, I mean, so we, we, it could be a lot of it could be, but what that proves is is that there's a whole lot more that goes into this process than just good records than just having a bunch of good records. Yeah, you know what I'm well, saying? Cam because even had that. Nah, man. <laughs> How come? He's still in the back of the cab right How now. Nine, nine, nine. How come? Oh my God. What was the record um, that Wyclef did as the first single? Was it I Adore You or some shit like that? I can't remember. I remember Second Round Night Count, um, Second Round Knockout. I'm going to want to eat MC. I mean, the, I, well, that was okay. But man. Man. Nigonometry. Man, look. That was a horrible album. Yo, it was awful, man. You had to be there. But yeah, uh, segue back. Quincy Jones. Fuck your segue, nigga. Hey. See how that thing come back? Hey, See how that thing come back? Ow! Ow! In your face, got, Charlie Murphy. I got to give you these waves to get on. <laughs> What's your damn acronym again? Earthed you. Got fuckboy energy. FBE. Hey, I'm going to get you a t-shirt. MoBetterSoul.com. We got the FBE t-shirts. MoBetterSoul.BigCartel.com. But anyways. Hey, FBE t-shirts. I'm going to take the, like, the... The preach face with the mustache. Fuck Bobby every day. <laughs> pause, 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 alert, pause, alert. Forget Bobby every Calm day. Calm down. No, no. Damn it. We got to figure out a, diff- a different ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, fuck him. Like, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Preach Jacobs on the face of the shirt. Fuck boy energy. Right across the mustache. Ow. 
So what you, what you about to say about Quincy Jones? Nah, Quincy Jones. Oh. I mean, the if you haven't seen the documentary, even if you're not the biggest fan of music, I think it's hard not to be a fan of the guy after watching it. I think everything, man. The they showed um, one of my favorite records of all time that he did was on the back of the block. I believe it was on back on the block. Um, Tombro, <laughs> the Brazilian wedding song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had Sarah Vaughn and Take Six on. They had outtakes of Sarah Vaughn, like doing the ad libs for that record. It's incredible, man. You know, um, the funny thing. The funny thing was that. <laughs> is it back on the block? Yeah, I believe that's. I'm gonna tell you though. All right, all right, all right. So, I made a post a long time on Facebook, and it was like it got a, like a lot of attention. It was basically like artists that you love and the worst songs that they've ever done or whatever. And so. There's one thing I already about, know where you're going. Yeah. With this. Oh man, you know where I'm going. I'm the, going. I'm going to pee. I'm not going to do his voice. See, here you go. Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> thank now, y'all for thank y'all for tuning in. No, no, no. no. Listen, Negro listen, League listen. podcast. Listen, I wasn't. I wasn't even. I wasn't even going to talk about that record. I don't want to hear this shit. Listen. Oh my God, I don't want to. As hear this. as brilliant I'm as brilliant I'm going as to Quincy leave. is, I promise I won't do the voice. As brilliant as Quincy I'll is, walk out this. Morning. I'm t- I'm not gonna do it today. I'm not gonna do it, and, and I'll make sure you won't walk out because I need to get back to my car. But um, <laughs> you have to walk. But nah. So it's like the back on the block shit. There's, I can commend producers for wanting to go in some areas they don't know anything about, but the the results aren't always good. This is more of a Miles Davis discussion more than a Quincy Jones discussion. But it's like back on the block, the hip hop shit, where they got like. Uh, it was it was I see I'm not gonna do his voice. Who else was on the song? They had uh Melly Mel and who else was on that record? Certain traumas just don't need to Dog. be on earth. It just I mean, no, I disagree. I feel like the relationship between jazz and hip hop made sense. I mean, because Tribe did it easily. It's a like, real Ron, Ron Carter was on was on um low end theory. So it's like I just think it was the wrong people. So it's like when I when I look at when I look at um That's like Miles Davis' doo-wop. When James Brown did the did the album with Full Force, nigga, I'm real, <laughs> nigga. It's like you can, I can commend, <laughs> I'm I, real. I commend the static. effort. No static, dog. Static. No dog. Some of the worst. No won't none. Shit. Won't be none. Listen. Static. Listen. Hey. White man James Brown is the worst James Brown ever. When James in the '80s. Had all the soul taken out of it, and you got all the, you know. <laughs> it, it's one of those things where you kind of realize that, you know, even the great ones have made the mistake of conforming at some point. Well, even I think, I think I like the idea that they're like, yo, these young dudes are doing some shit and we want to support it. I but get it. There's a difference between that mm. and, you know, like, there's a difference between you providing support for something and advocating for it. Then you trying to be deft at something you're really not deft at. I mean, but you, but you got, but, but think about this, man. If the nigga did Thriller. He's like, I can do hip hop. Fuck. I this. mean, I mean, like it's it's to a certain degree. I can understand it. Miles Davis is like, nigga. I mean, I mean, kind of blue. Like, like I can do this like, rap shit. Like you know, Becky at the house. Like, hey, um, potato salad. That's easy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of raisins in Wait, that shit. I'm gonna put some dried fruit in here. <laughs> I'm just going to, a little bit of raisin, some dried apricots. It's all, it's going to be fabulous. I'm going to put my own little touch to it. It's like fried chicken. No, we can do that the healthy way. <laughs> I'm going to oven bake it. Trust me, you you won't believe that it's not fried. Oh, my gosh. 
God damn it, Rebecca. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> have you ever had a grilled peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> grilled this peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Oh, Trust me. Oh, God. Now, be careful when you're biting into it. <laughs> the jelly is a little hot. <laughs> Jelly's hot. False. I'll be telling yeah. bitches that. Hey, bitch, my jelly is hot. <laughs> like, what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> it's just, I mean, my thing is stay in your lane. Uh. Let let the game come to you. I think that it works in uh, it works in a really dope cycle where, you know, the music that the music that we do now, the way that you see like Kendrick like Kendrick Lamar's "To Pimp a Butterfly," organically brought jazz back into. But you, but you know, but you, but you know music. why that works, and this is the point I'm getting to. It works because Kendrick was a fan of jazz, right? So so it's easy to combine hip hop and jazz. Quincy necessarily wasn't necessarily a fan of hip hop. No, or, he or was. Miles, or he appreciated it. He was. He was an advocate for what the young kids were yeah, trying to but, do. But he wasn't fucking with it. Like, like same thing with Miles. Like Miles wasn't. Miles wasn't because of the problem that Miles did. Because I think I don't think this is. It might be Quincy's. Have you ever fault. had apples in your tuna salad? Nigga. <laughs> it it might have been Quincy's fault because it, it was something where Miles was just like, I want to do some shit with some hip hop, and I think he either called Quincy or he called Russell, and Russell. I mean, let's be honest. Russell was just like, well, listen, listen, um, Miles Davis. My name is Russell Simmons. And he told Miles to hit up um, Easy Mo B. And Easy Mo B is like, I'm going to hit my homies up. <laughs> Miles Davis playing the horn. He's the jazz man. So it's like, I can't get too mad because he went to Easy Mo B. Easy Mo B is like the only producer to produce for Tupac and Biggie. His eyes probably got big. Give man. me the loop. Give me the loop. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's like he sold himself machine out. Because who are you going to sit in the room? I And I get it. Like, the pressure's on because you got to sit in the room and tell Quincy Jones some shit that ain't going to work. But my thing is this. I love that, Quincy. But, Quincy. But Quincy. 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 But think about this, though. I Yo. Can't, the more I think about it, I can't be mad at Quincy because Quincy's like, listen, baby, you need to call Russell because he has Def Jam. So he basically sent Miles to the person that he need to go to because... Def Jam was the shit. So it's like, yo, yo, Russell, whoever you tell me is the top motherfuckers in this genre, I'm going to fuck with them. Where I just think it was tone deaf because Russell should have been like, yo, what's Tribe doing? I can't you know believe what we're saying? doing this to Quincy. Man, all I'm saying is, <laughs> it's if your you fault. Are, I blame you. If you are lucky enough, because Questlove made a comment about this. He said, you have to be talented enough to put out whack music. So you look at everybody that has an amazing career. That's the, that's the trajectory that you want. You don't want to be the person that got just one great album and then you die. Like you have to be able to have like the albums that don't work. There's nothing wrong with mixed veggies and your macaroni and cheese, oh my honey. Gosh, just, man. just try it. Hey, <laughs> what the fuck is a parsnip? We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna turn this into a casserole. Oh my fucking goodness, man. I mean, either way, I think, you know, because even that album was was still monumental for its time. I mean, there there was great music on there. It's just that the, the hip hop shit. <laughs> but just in terms didn't, of didn't... in terms of hip hop, it was one of those things where I appreciate Quincy Jones' advocacy of the art form. Yeah, we needed him. More so than him. more so than uh the musical contribution that was derived from it all. It was cool. Yeah, man. And his daughter ended up dating Tupac, which I I wish they would have had a kid, but it would have been dope, man. That would have been amazing. Yeah. Right? Three Pac, man. <laughs> so that brings to a close the Negro bing, League bing, podcast. Bing, bang, Shout out bang, to bang. Hank Aaron, Jackie Robinson, and all you good guys. We Thank love you. y'all. Hank Aaron wasn't in Negro League, but okay. Um, 
So is there anything is there anything else? Did you watch uh, um, did you watch the end of uh Insecure, the season finale? Yeah, I watched it. Yeah. I watched it. Yeah. I'll say that much. Okay. One time for Easter. Yeah. Black TV. Uh, I guess about it. Um, on Friday, man, Friday was probably one of the more eventful Fridays in terms of new music. Yeah, dropping. we didn't even touch. Yeah, the Carter Five. I meant, I meant to touch on that. Like, yeah, um, yeah. Feedback, feedback. You got the Carter Five. You got Luca Brasi Three. You Mona got, Lisa. Um, you got Reason. You got Marsha Ambrosius. You got Ellie Dollar, which all is right, probably right. to me the most underrated rapper in so, the game. So, right all now. right. So here's, here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. One word reviews. One word review on the Carter Five. You got to give it one word. What you got? Dope. Okay. One word review. Luca Brasi three. Dope. Man, nigga, you got to do better than that, man. Come on now. I mean, I it, it requires a little bit more elaboration than ah, that. Fuck you. Um, but word, one word review on um steak and shrimp. Elliot. Underappreciated. Right. I think. See, 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 see. Yeah, use a different word, nigga. Um, one word review. Marsha. Hodor. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I am Groot. <laughs> um, no, nah, I think I, I mean all of it. All of it's real good music. It's great for the culture. Great for the art form, man. Um, I think the Wayne album. You could tell that he changed up a lot of stuff mm-hmm. um, to modernize what he did. I I think it'll be really dope because I. At least from what the album was originally, I heard that Manny Fresh did a lot of the original work on the album. So, so I think it, at so some point in time it'd be dope to hear. So that. it's him and him and Bird cool now. Like what happened? Nah, man. Like today or sometime over the weekend, they're supposed to be like they're about to go after oh, Bird going to prison. Birdman and Thug for shooting up yeah. Wayne's tour bus. You know, it's, okay. So now this makes sense. So Bird is basically kind of like. Let me do something to good faith publicly so you can kind of tell the courts, hey, if I was beefing with him, why would I do this? Or let me try to get a money grab in case I need to get fucked up for a bit. It's supposed to be like a phone conversation and everything. Wow. Like a 2015 conversation. I I think I saw somebody. Yeah, I saw it. I think it was on complex.com. It's supposed to be like a phone call. Look here, Wody. Hey, man. He ain't putting respect on my name. Hey, Brian Williams, you are not. But yeah, that's supposed to be like a phone conversation. Did you just use this nigga real name? Brian Williams. Did you just use his real name? Uh, something wrong with that? Is that is that not his you real name? You use him Birdman's real name? What's wrong with that? It's just weird. Is his name not Brian Williams? <sighs> See, you know what that means? That means that you probably don't have any Cash Money Records albums over there. Well, do you know whose name is Tracy? Man, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> anyway. The T. The Kevin Gates album, <laughs> Luca Brasi 3, My Man Got Out of Jail. Oh. Beautiful project, man. Probably the most thorough project of the weekend. Yeah. Front to back, the whole thing. Who would you? Who, whole thing is amazing. If you could pick, kind of like one of the top tier producers to fuck with with Gates, who would you want to hear him with? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I think that you know. I'm gonna tell you. I was thinking Manny Fresh when we was riding out. I was like, I would like to hear Gates Manny. On a Manny Fresh, but record. that's the thing. Manny is a producer. Manny is like. People, he's probably hip hop's most underutilized resource in yeah, terms yeah. of, especially down south production. I is mean, it, production overall. But, what, but, why, but why does that happen? Why don't why don't they reach out to Manny? I don't know. Is it is it that they seem like they think he's an in house producer for Cash Money or something? Or I don't know. Because don't nobody like what's up with them niggas? When I mean, because he's he's done a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Like he's worked a lot with Kanye West and and um he's helped out Mike I, Dean I see with what a lot you did of stuff. There. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you. But 
yeah, he's done a lot of work. I just don't know why at this point you have a lot of the, you have a lot of great hip hop artists that I think would benefit from his production, uh, and Kevin Gates being one of them because he's from yeah he's from right, Baton Rouge. That, that, makes, so. that makes sense. That makes all the sense in the world. So like, I would love to hear them together on some shit or get somebody like NBA YoungBoy. Mm. Have you listened to any of NBA YoungBoy? I listened to the shit he did with Gates. He's crazy as fuck. Yeah. That like NBA Young Boy is crazy as fuck, but it almost seems like the crazier these hip hop artists are, the better their music. Well, all right, so question for you: What's the um, what's your top record this year so far? Oh man, I can go all day. I just think it's been a good year for music. Period. To me, far and away, still my favorite album of this year. Daytona. Uh, no, Victory Lap. Okay, yeah. All right, all right. Victory Lap's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably put Daytona right behind it. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that you in that right under that probably all in a row where I'd have to probably listen to them a million times to dissect them. You got the Gibbs album uh, or EP, whatever you want to call it, the Freddie joint. Uh, Fonte is there. Yeah, um, I was gonna, I was gonna say my three so far this year is is Victory Lap, um, Daytona, and and Fonte. Like those are those are my records. Those are my standouts of the year. And probably I don't even know if it might be like in that. In that same tier, mm. people sleep. They haven't slept on it, but that Astro 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 World. As far as that like, Travis Scott album, yo. Is crazy. As far as a commercial release, I think I think as far as like a major label big dick album, you know what I'm saying? Like like you got a label and backing behind you. That's probably the best one. Astro World is and and I'm gonna man. tell you a record that has slept on that I think is really really amazing. That Buddy album. Bumping, absolutely. I love that buddy record, absolutely. So, so yeah, like it's been a good year for music, yeah, altogether. absolutely, man. So, um, and all of the stuff that came out this week is really dope. I think that I think the independent scene in music is really dope. Like, you got artists, um, like Jameson, who I put on the pod on the playlist this week. I think he's really dope. Uh, he's been he's been an independent artist for some years now, and he puts out really dope music. I just think that right now, a lot of people complain about mm. where we're at. And I think that even so, they kind of treat like these great releases as if, you know, they're once in a blue moon occurrences. But there's so much dope music out here. Yeah, you just really well, have to take the time to listen. The, the great, the great thing about it is, I think it's like, it's like here's my theory on like television, right? Like television is the this is the greatest moment in television history, and I think that happens when the film industry. Is fucked up, right? So it's like when the movies get cost so much and all that type of shit, you got networks being like, "All right, well, we need to do this here now." So like, I'm I'm telling somebody about True Detective season one was groundbreaking because you got Hollywood actors playing on a TV show, and it was like one season. It wasn't something that's taking up much of their time. So people, you know, the way technology is, it's like, yo, why am I going to a movie theater when my at home experience is better? than going to the movies. Absolutely. And like music is kind of the same way where it's basically like the technology is like, yo, I can spend $10 a month and stream shit. So it makes it so much easier for people to like, to, to, to ingest music. But as a result of that, people get spoiled now. Yeah. They feel like, oh, well, you know. It's, it's instant gratification Absolutely. now. I think like, that you yeah. have, uh, we have so many different ways to, it's become like every week you're going to get, I'm going to get three or four new albums that I'm going to listen to. And it's kind of, instead of actually taking the time to to really get into the artist, really get into whatever their thought process is. Mm-hmm. Like I remember 
back in back in the early '90s when Redman's first album dropped. It's one of the first hip hop albums that my I mom think the anniversary had. was this year. Yeah, it was this this, this week. recently. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's like 28 years, something like that. I think 26. Yeah, something like that. But um, I remember getting that album, and from the time I got the album, I got in the house. You put it in the tape deck, and the cool thing about a tape deck is that you know it wasn't like a CD where you could skip from track to track. Yeah. So you had to let the tape rock. You know what I'm saying? And you so you had the opportunity to kind of go through each record yeah. and find different things within the record that you thought were great. And you laid on the floor or by a speaker or in your room playing 2K or it wasn't 2K at the time. It was NBA, <laughs> NBA Live, it was Madden 92 or whatever the case may be. Shout out to my cousin Doby. Um, but you had the opportunity to kind of lay on the floor and you opened up your the the cover from the tape deck or from the tape, and you went through the producer credits and, well, and the shout outs and all of that well, stuff. If so. there's something that's been lost, it's, it's the idea of album design and, and looking at who did what. Like the Carter came out, and nobody knew who produced the okay. records. You know what I'm saying? Now, now this I, is also the anniversary, the 20 year anniversary of like the, the, the considered the greatest release day in hip hop. September 29th, you got, you got Black Star, you got Love Movement by Tribe, you got Jay, you got Aquemini. Brand Nubian. People like to throw Brand Nubian in there. Listen, I'm joking with somebody the other day. Somebody was basically like, yeah, I didn't buy the Black Star. I was like, I ain't buy the Brand Nubian record. <laughs> People try to slide that Brand Nubian record into that into that shit, and I'm like, eh. They, they, had, a couple, they had a couple of these records. But there's a different... But, My name is Sadat X, and I talk like this. He has the weirdest... <laughs> Sadat X has the weirdest fucking rap voice I ever heard in my life. Wild cowboy. He the weirdest. Yo, we've never, we've as hip hop culture, we've never talked about Sadat X's voice. Never. I'm gonna let him be great. <laughs> I'm gonna let him be great. It's just I mean, a day in the life. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm gonna go ahead and, and take this opportunity to put in like a hot take, man. Like, bam, 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 bam. I, right? Like, man, quit trying to slide that brand Nubian album in there. <laughs> just li- just uh, just stop when we're sitting in, like when we're having this conversation and it's like yo 929 that J album yo uh, the hand it down freestyle at the beginning with bleak you know hard not like that shit won a grammy yeah. equimini killing yeah, it you know what it is what about rocky marciano <laughs> right <laughs> shut the fuck up <laughs> I what about Rocky Marciano? Get the fuck oh, out of here. Go. Get it go. Anytime we start talking about boxing, the white man got to pull Rocky Marciano out of I mean, face. and this is no disrespect to Brand Nubian because I, I think they're dope, but like... Lord Jamal about to, about to call you. Okay. And? <laughs> if he wants to pay, you know, pay for the airplane and the Uber to get to me, okay. I'll drop a pin on him. But... I mean, just in terms of... Oh, he's listening to my podcast. Shout oh, out to Jay Live who just sent me an image of him hey, listening hey, to the podcast. Hey. But, no, nah, I wasn't interrupting you, man. I was, that was my ad lib. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> my Kawhi Leonard laugh. <laughs> no, dude, this, yo, that shit is so uncomfortable. Yo. <laughs> it's like a donkey, yo. Like, there was like another joint where he had to laugh and he was like, <laughs> right in the camera. <laughs> and I was like, what the yo, fuck is that? That nigga is a murderer. You know what it is? No, it's not that. I think that when you see Kawhi Leonard, mm. you see somebody who's shy for real. Yeah. Like, he doesn't know. Like, you can tell that he really wants to laugh out loud. Yeah. But he's really self-conscious about it. 
I would be too if I laugh like that. But you, I don't think <laughs> I get it. I'm I don't giving, know I'm if we get his real laugh. I get. I get him. I'm I think he's trying to like reel it in. Like <sighs> he laughs like uh, the Revenge of the Nerds dude. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> like you want. It's like you want to laugh, but you can't let it all the way out. Uh, shout out to Kawhi. Everybody call him Kiwi. The claw. <laughs> but um, sounding like donkey. Man, look, that um, shit is hilarious, dog. Bro. <laughs> that shit I watched that shit For about an hour The other oh day Oh my god Alright man I think we done We done going on long enough We got a, 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 an hour Ten in this bitch And I gotta get my Motherfucking car um, Anything else You wanna you wanna drop in Nah man um, Again The Me versus Monday Playlist Look it I'm up put on Spotify it, I'm gonna put it On the um, On the the, the link when you listen to the Negro League, we're gonna have that in the description. You can check out his uh, Spotify playlist, "Me Versus Monday." Uh, once again, this is the Negro League podcast. I go. By oh, the name. oh, oh, yeah. What, 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 what? One more thing. We're also doing like these special edition T-shirts, the Fuckboy Energy T-shirts with Priest Jacob's face on it. If you like to make a call, please hang up and try again. Fuckboy <laughs> Energy, man. <laughs> Anyways, whole ass nigga. Um, oh, I, you know, you know how you got like in Spanish, you got shout the, out to the boys, man. You got an N with the Inya on it, Brandon. Well, see, I can't do your homework. Talking about you, talking about you, Braylon. I hope they ain't listening to this. Brandon and they Braylon, listen to everything. Don't play it. No, they listen to everything. Shout out to the nephews, Mike. Dad, um, Uncle Priest needs to rap. He doesn't need to do podcasts. I forgot what I was saying, so fuck you. But um, yeah, shout out to the Negro League Podcast. Uh, if you guys want to save 10% on your next order from Mo Better Soul, go to mobettersoul.bitcoin. Fuckboy Energy t-shirts. Them shit's going to be huge. Go for it, bro. My bad. I'm sorry. I couldn't hold it. Mobettersoul.bitcartel.com. Hey. Code Negro to save 10% hey. on your next order. You need to give like a 25% discount with code FBE. If you buy something from the site, I'll give you 25% I discount. did. You did? That is right. Okay. See? She got it at cost. FBE. Oh, my God. The, the public didn't need to know that. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. In your face. Ain't never wore it, whole ass nigga. FBE. I got to save it for a moment. Like, you know, I don't want to step out. Like, what do This you, is the Negro League I podcast. Buy, I buy a t-shirt and uh, like we in the gym and I'm like, you just gave me this brand new t-shirt. Yeah, I had to hurry up and put it on. Anyways. Negro League Podcast. I go Fuck by the name. Boy Energy, I go by the name of Preach Jacobs. You guys can check me out on all the social media stuff at Preach Jacobs. What is your motherfucking social media shit? At Fuckboy Energy SC. That's the drop. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's your shit. That's the drop. You should roll with that. Right, let me get it to you. That's you. Let me get it to you. That's for you. That's for you. Fuckboy Energy, y'all. Yo, this nigga's trying to make this Preach goddamn Jacobs acronym stick. That shit is Fuckboy Energy. Listen. Hold on now. If he hey, ever uses it again, y'all, this is documented, right? Man, I thought chicks only use the term fuckboy, though. Huh? I was using it referring to you, so it fits. <laughs> hey! <laughs> yeah. Nah. Shout out to Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> all right, we get out of here. I can get my fucking car. Thank y'all for listening to the Negro League podcast. After talking all this shit, guess who has to take him to get his car? Me. Peace out, y'all. <laughs> Fuck y'all. <laughs> Make a new podcast. Peace.